Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Then, hey. <laughs> Amy, or should I say, Joslyn Stapleford? Oh, you look even more like her in real life. I don't know who that is. She plays Ali on One Way Street. Oh. When I saw your profile, I knew we had to meet up. You could be her long-lost twin sister. Separated at birth by a well-meaning nun. Hmm? <laughs> that is uh, ugly specific, but job. Sure. <laughs> mm, sadly, uh, the show's finishing up. Oh. But me and other street fighters are celebrating right to the end. <laughs> You're a street fighter? Oh. <laughs> it's what me and other super fans call ourselves. Oh, that's... Wow. <laughs> there you go. Who says soaps can't be postmodern? That's a particularly meta scene there from Neighbours, uh, which will soon be coming to an end. It's on daytimes and early evenings every weekday on RTE, or you can catch up on the RTE player. James Dempsey joins us once again. James, uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Sean. Have you been a fan of this? Uh, yes, actually, I am a Neighbours fan. I was actually having lunch today with some friends and I was telling them how, uh, you know, when I was 21, I, in, in 2007, I think, uh, my I, I was spending a year in France and this was sort of pre-smartphone, pre-internet, pre-certainly my ability to use a VPN to watch things on the internet more successfully. And my mother, <laughs> in her great consideration of me and my taste, used to record neighbours on the VCR and post me the cassettes. <laughs> I had to buy I had to buy a VCR player for which I can tell you the French is Magnetoscope on uh, eBay.fr in order to watch it. So I have gone the long distance with neighbours. Uh, it is older than I am just, mm-hmm. but uh, it has always been on in our household and my sister uh, Deirdre was, was long, long time the viewer and I sort of have all these memories of uh, when she would come home from kind of college on a Friday evening to spend the weekend at home that my mother again would have taped Neighbours and we'd go through the whole week's episodes in one in one sort of go, one spurt. And yeah, I have struck the distance. And I guess I, I'm, I'm sort of somewhat bittersweet about um, its ending because in some ways I feel liberated, right? Because <laughs> like when you when you have watched the show um, for your entire life, uh, you know, certainly I'm sad to see it go and I'm sad for the actors and I'm sad for the production and all that. But I'm also sort of like, yeah, I, I've had my fill as well at the same time, right? Because this has been running, you know, since I think 1985. Um, the problem with the soap opera, and especially one that runs five nights a week, is that is an awful lot of stories to tell. Like I looked up the number, the episode count, and uh, Wikipedia anyway says it's 8,891. And when you're, you know, telling the stories of the residents of um, Erinsborough, a fictional Melbourne suburb called Erinsborough, because it's almost an anagram of the word neighbors <laughs> basically <laughs> basically uh, you know like also properties they end up upping the ante and becoming absolutely ridiculous and i will say when they announced i think it was in february that neighbors had come or you know or that that the sort of financial discussions 
with the UK and the production company in the UK that was paying an awful lot or contributing an awful lot towards this budget when they fell apart. Um, a lot of people sort of got back on board with with the idea of Neighbours and there's been this great uh, interest in these final in this final week, although I, I will say in Ireland we're a couple of days behind the UK so we don't end until the middle of next week. But um, all, you know, there's a, all these people are coming out of the woodwork, you know, the past uh, glory days and the big stars and the big names that have come from it. But for those of us who've gone the distance with Neighbours, the last sort of month has been incredibly strange uh, storytelling because obviously contracts are coming to an end and they're not <laughs> renewing them. Yeah. So the number of characters who have either just died suddenly or disappeared <laughs> into the ether or, or you know, gotten a, a perfectly timed you know, uh, like scholarship to study somewhere, <laughs> which is a, a very common event on Ramsey Street, have, uh, have have increased exponentially in the last month. But it ha- has been really, really, really enjoyable to just tune in and watch this silly little soap opera from Australia. And I guess uh, on the balance of payments, although it has taken up a lot of time in my life, I probably will still be very sad to see it go. Why did it become such a big hit, a big international hit in the, in the first instance, do you think? <laughs> You know, I think, right, I think it's probably a, a, a trifecta of things here, right? First of all, um, what else was on TV <laughs> in the 1980s, right? So it was this new glossy thing. Uh, and I guess, like, uh, you know, I'll have, to, I'm going to defer to you being a little bit older than me. You you are more aware of what was on the TV schedules uh, back in the 80s than I was anyway. And certainly I would imagine uh, there weren't, well, there probably were some Australian shows, but there weren't as many Australian shows. So mm. it was probably probably like a, like a curiosity and a novelty to see this uh, this different kind of English being spoken and this this immediately comprehensible uh, you know lifestyle, but yet it was exotic and different enough. And the funny thing about Neighbours is, you know, it's set in Melbourne, which is kind of the more rainier part of Australia and certainly not the beachy weather one. So they don't, they never had as many excuses as like uh, as the residents of Summer Bay, which is obviously on the coast to be walking around the beach with no with, with very little clothes on. But um, obviously they they populated this show with very attractive Australian people. And that probably uh, managed to charm a few viewers over as well. But certainly its downfall is without a doubt, due to the kind of fracturing overall of the media landscape and the fact that a, a daytime soap opera now has to work much, much, much harder to find an international audience. Neighbours was actually, well, or even a national and domestic audience. Neighbours was originally cancelled after its first season on, on the channel it was on in Australia and then it was hmm. saved immediately by another one. And that's when it began, began to go really, really, you know, uh, big in the UK and I guess then in Ireland as well. And then, uh, but but certainly in the last 15 years, it's been hemorrhaging viewers always in Australia. And obviously it moved from the BBC to Channel 5 at one point. And then I think in Australia, it moved to kind of like the E4 channel of the channel that it was originally on. So it wasn't even on the main, you know, the main one. So the writing has been on the wall for a long time. But I am glad to see all of its, you know, big, big, you know, the people that it, it helped propel to superstardom come back. And those are the kinds of like Margot Robbie, Guy Pierce, Kylie Minogue, Jason Donovan. And like, you know, for all of those who have gone on to become huge stars, there are many who have not <laughs> gone on to become <laughs> huge <true>. stars. 
and plenty of those have come back for it as well and uh yeah like it's it's going to be a funny one to see how they tie it up exactly at the end but they have got they're, they're certainly going out with a dramatic uh finale so far in the lead up yeah and it is interesting there's a whole generation certainly of irish uh, people who would have done their, you know, taken a year out and gone to Australia or even the summer. And so many of them, you know, the highlight was visiting the set of neighbours rather than seeing some natural wonders. Uh, it's quite extraordinary, really. Uh, the, uh, uh, oh, yeah, neighbours. Now, now would, there, would there be beef between neighbours and Home and Away fans? Um, I think there would be a discussion of which is better, right? Mm. And, uh, you know, the the most recent housemate I had, you know, I was a Neighbours viewer. She was a, a recent housemate I had. I was a Neighbours viewer and she was a Home and Away viewer. And I think we both uh, could begrudgingly admit there were there were there were pros and cons to each one. What I especially liked about Neighbours is how funny it could sometimes be. And actually, when you say that about visiting the set, I was in Melbourne a few years ago and I did the set tour and it was Irish summertime. So they're wintertime and they have this tour where you can meet like a faded cast member who hasn't booked a gig in a while. <laughs> and I sort of like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this. If I want to meet, you know, like someone who was axed from the show five years ago and is down on his luck now. And the day I went to do it, the, the bus tour guy was like, oh, sorry, uh, the guy cancelled on us last minute. So we're trying to uh, find, a, 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 you know, a solution to fill the gap. And around the corner comes Dr. Carl Kennedy, Arl, Alan Fletcher, the absolute you know, a top tier grade A star that could have come out. So I got my photo taken with him. Okay, good to know. Uh, somebody on Twitter says, can't believe <laughs> Neighbours is going uh, to be let go and that crap fest home and away is still going. So there would be a <laughs> certain amount of resentment uh, there, I would have thought. Right, uh, we better move on to our next show of the day. It is I Love That For You. All episodes of season one now streaming on Paramount. Plus, here's a clip. Oh, great. Home office. Just sell us the pencil. Okay, um, uh, just, just the pencil, not the other stuff? Okay. An architect uses a pencil to build a house. An astronaut uses a pencil to plan a journey to the moon. A- and by the way, when was the last time you wrote a letter to someone you love? What I have for you today is a portal to the person that you are meant to become. The life that you are meant to live. With this pencil, your dreams can come true. And why shouldn't they? Why not you? There you go. Uh, that's, uh, okay, I, 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 ooh, sorry, you're welcome. Uh, uh, that's, uh, I love that for you. Uh, <laughs> is it a searing drama about a pencil saleswoman? <laughs> no, so this is a, a comedy about a like a QVC style channel, mm. and it is created by Vanessa Bayer, who um, is kind of like an SNL alumnus who uh, you might recognize, but maybe not know her name. But she she was on SNL for seven years was not nominated for an Emmy at least once for it, but she never kind of maybe broke out into the kind of top tier of, of uh, SNL people on this side of the Atlantic anyway. But I will say her SNL sketch, uh, Stars of Tomorrow, in which she plays a child actress recreating scenes from Brokeback Mansion and other completely inappropriate adult dramas is one of my all-time favorite sketches on that show. So I already have a real affinity for her. And, and when 
when she was a teenager herself, Vanessa Bayer, she had uh, leukemia and she has spoken about how when she you know, was in hospital, she used to watch QVC as a way to just sort of zone out and have something really pleasant and easy and nice to watch mm. and therefore had this huge affinity her whole life for home shopping networks. And post SNL, one of the things she wanted to do was create this show in which she plays a sort of slightly uh, changed version of herself. So she is playing Joanna. And when Joanna was a teenager, she also had leukemia and she used to watch uh, Molly Shannon, also an SNL alumnus, but in many, many other things, including the other two, which she is absolutely fantastic in, which only went on for one season on Channel 4, much to um, my annoyance, because the second one is really, really funny as well. And uh, basically, Vanessa, sorry, Joanna rather, decides she's unhappy with her life and remembers how fondly she watched this SVN, the Shopping Value Network, and and an opportunity comes up to um, audition and she goes for it, and that's what we heard there in the clip. Now, this is a comedy. It's co-written by another SNL guy, a writer named Jeremy Baylor, and uh, the other voice that we heard in there was Jennifer Lewis, but it has kind of a, a stacked cast of real millennial favorites, including, I would say, Matt Rogers and Poonam Patel. Um, but all in all, this came with not an awful lot of fanfare to to Paramount Plus, and with uh, kind of mixed to good-ish reviews. And so I sat down um, hoping that I would really like it. And I loved it. I absolutely loved the pilot pilot episode. I thought it was so funny and charming, but also had this sort of seam of, uh, of, of anger or bitterness or, or resentment or darkness going through it. That sort of perfectly balanced the sweetness of the comedy. And, you know, throughout the episodes that I've watched so far, I haven't finished the whole season. There's been sort of these occasionally utterly daft aside jokes or visual jokes and then intercut with this storyline of Joanna joining the, the shopping network, which is filled, as you could imagine, with the usual cast of, uh, of sort of stereotypical types. There's the rival who wants to knock her down. There's the bitchy gay assistant who doesn't want to help her. There's the boss who's really mean. There's the kind of uh, mother figure that helps guide her through the whole thing. But everyone in it is just so charming and funny and easy to watch. And really, I think it's an absolute treat. Yeah, so it's funny, funny. It's not one of those, you know, comedies that aren't funny. Uh, it's definitely funny, funny, and occasionally I will, I will give it moments of going for a sort of pathos and drama. But they feel they feel merited when they happen. And all in all, you know, the biggest sort, of, uh, you know, in any of the kind of criticism I read of the show, they said that they thought it was kind of tonally all over the place, and I will agree with that. It is kind of tonally a bit here, hidden, well, a bit up and down at times but all in all I just have found the first half of the season to be incredibly enjoyable and uh, really kind of uh, respectful of the idea of of these shopping networks like it's not it's poking fun of them without being mean at them and certainly mm. I can see that she herself Vanessa Bayer is obviously a, is a real fan of this like you know of the QVC type programming and that's like, you know, throughout the show, they, they don't mock any viewers who really love those kinds of channels. They don't poke fun or punch down, certainly. I mean, they definitely allude to them being nice, you know, 40 to 50 to 60 year old women. <laughs> but, yeah. but they are very charming about it. And certainly, uh, I think it is all in all, it, it makes for a very easy, simple, but surprisingly um, sharp comedy at the same time. Yeah, OK, I'm, uh, that sounds good then. I, I just... Just need to figure out how to make Paramount Plus work. 
because uh, yeah. it's on it's on Sky if you have Sky if you have Sky Cinema it's on in there someplace but I haven't I don't know I just got tired it seemed too exhausting to try it <laughs> have, have you seen The Baby by the way that's the one on Sky I haven't yeah. seen it yet are you recommending it's, it's, it yes I am uh, it's it's it, okay, it's will, very it it's very dark, very dark. But um, I, I I couldn't even repeat half the jokes on it. But uh, <laughs> it's it's dark. It's funny dark, and then there are you know episodes where and in, um where it's just dark dark, and uh, it's not quite clear well, what this, I, what's going on. I will say I love that I love that for you is definitely funny dark rather than yeah. just dark dark. Okay. Right, our third show is John to Rhodes, Ireland. It's on Thursdays at 9pm on the Food Network on Sky TV. Here's a clip. And so what have I got in here, Kieran? I've got, by the looks of it, I've got some potatoes. You can see potatoes. Yeah, it's... Uh, parsley. Yeah, there's a broth we make with the bacon ribs, short ribs, which are there. I see the yeah, ribs. And that gives you a lot of flavour. And then it's thickened with potatoes and some onions and parsley and a little bit of thyme. There's the sausages. That's it. They look interesting, Kieran. Yeah, in Dublin they call them a few things. It's why Coddle's kind of controversial because um, some people might call it a widow's memory. So I kind of put smaller sausages in it. Some people like bigger sausages, but I like to keep it medium. Okay, now I understand the controversy. Uh, Kieran describes a dish probably better for radio than TV, and he took me through how he made it. There you go. That's uh, a clip there of a show talking about uh, a dish no one in Ireland eats. Uh, who's, jo- who's John Tarode anyway? So John Tarode <laughs> is the British Australian host of MasterChef in the UK. He's uh, if if you can call them to mind, he's the one without the glasses or uh, or the one with hair. Right. And uh, <laughs> he is uh, he has made this six part travelogue series where he uh, I think in fairness to him he he managed to get a great little gig. He gets to travel around Ireland for six episodes and uh, sample all of the various different foods uh, in the country. And this opening episode from last Thursday was about Dublin City to the Wicklow Mountains and in it he uh, walked around Drury Street that is apparently called the Creative Quarter. That is a new one to me as a resident of Dublin too. I'd never heard of that one before but Mm. anyway uh, he walks around and he sort of uh, he he samples uh, the culinary delights of the city. So f- we heard him there eating coddle, but other things that he did in the opening episode were try uh, Irish cheeses, uh, charcuterie, drink coffee in the city, um, meet uh, meet sort of uh, people who have moved to Ireland and and sort of or who you know who work in the food sphere and ask them what brought them here or what they like about the food industry in Ireland. And then he, he went off to the Wicklow Mountains where he. Um, sort of uh, experienced outdoor cooking in this very sort of uh, chic avant-garde looking restaurant, the name of which I cannot remember. I'm really sorry. But um, all in all, I thought this was like an absolutely perfectly charming uh, little travelogue but not, but 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 sort of very superficial and and not really getting at anything particularly interesting. Certainly for Irish viewers or anyone who's already familiar with the Dublin food scene or the Wicklow Mountain food scene <laughs> as well. And basically, um, you know, I, I like this is a show that is not made for Irish people because it is about experiencing the country as an outsider, and we already know all these things, right? Yeah. Or I, I, because because you know we don't get to any sort of meaningful discussion about uh, about coddle. It's just what is coddle? Yes. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's more like ooh. The, the funny the, the thing though about those kind of foodie travelogues is that. Uh, it, Increasingly the case, 
Is he gone? Is he... Sort of superficial look at it. But yeah, it is. But, but and increasingly the case, you know, like go around d- different European countries, and the food is always the same. Sorry, just say that again. Sorry, yeah, we had just had a connection thing there. No, it just strikes yeah. me on the on the like you can go to Ireland, or you can go to Holland, or or wherever, and the food increasingly is kind of similar, really, and so it's it's kind of homo- there's a homogenous feel to it sometimes. I think. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. So one of the things they were kind of talking about as being a real benefit here in Ireland is that this idea that our 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 sort of our I guess our dairy industry and our our animal husbandry, I don't know, our meat yeah. industry is yeah. so is so is so good that actually we can almost produce our own versions of things like our own chorizo or our own uh, our own sort of take on French cheeses or Italian cheeses and we don't necessarily need to import them. And there's this idea of Irish um, Irish producers looking to abroad, to ta- looking to abroad to take inspiration for their own home uh, produce. And this was sort of uh, fated as something very, very, very good and very, very, very positive. But I guess um, you know when you think about Irish cuisine, like. I always say to people abroad, uh, the the real true thing about Irish cuisine is the quality of the produce. It's not that any of the native dishes are so, oh my God, amazing that you would want to eat them every day for the rest of your life. And certainly, I don't know if I've ever had a bowl of coddle and I think they went on to make boxty or, or potato cakes or something. And it was all the classic hits of what you would expect from like a list of Irish recipes. Mm. But John Tarode himself was is a very game participant in this because he is a like he's a chef right in his own right and he has hosted master chef so he is very well versed at talking the talk and talking up you know everything that he's doing and of course the other thing about this show is everything is always going to be positive yes right? yeah. they're not going to go and be like oh your box Steve was rotten right? <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. always going to be uh, nice easy watching TV and, uh, you know, and if you're looking for something nice and pleasant to sort of fill a, a sort of a international um, version of nationwide space in your heart, then this is right up that alley. There you go. Uh, your box tea is rotten. That's a <laughs> phrase I'm going to try and use a lot in, in the future. James, thanks a million. James Dempsey there. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. After that, how to prevent hair loss during chemotherapy. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.